Brown Girl Radiance celebrates the brilliance of women of color through reflective conversations and stories. I'm your host, Pure Brown Joy. Hello to all of my radiant friends. I'm back and ready to continue introducing you to some truly captivating brown girls abroad as we journey around the world during this third season. I hope you have had a rejuvenating spring and you're gearing up for an incredible summer. Before I introduce you to my next guest, I want to share what I've been up to lately because you may have noticed that I took a spring break from the podcast during the month of April. I went back home to Tennessee for 10 days and I was able to celebrate my mom and dad who had birthdays a week apart. My dad had a milestone birthday at the end of March and my mom's birthday fell on Easter this year. After not seeing them at all during 2020, it was such a beautiful time together and I can't even remember the last time I was home for Easter so it was nice to celebrate such a special resurrection day with my family. My sister also made the trip back to Tennessee which means that I got to see my niece who was featured on this podcast back in January as well as my two nephews. I also got to spend some quality time with one of my favorite aunts, caught up with my cousins and had brunch with one of my treasured lifelong friends. It was nice to rediscover Nashville as so much has changed. There are many new things that I experienced for the first time. I want to shout out a few of the places filled with black excellence to visit while you are in Nashville. There is an amazing black owned pizza restaurant called Slim and Huskies. They have multiple locations. The food was delicious and they are truly making an impact in the local community. One of the highlights of this trip was visiting the brand new National Museum of African American Music. It's located in the heart of downtown and it is an immersive experience and I'm so proud to see our contributions to American history and culture being celebrated in this way. The final place I want to shout out is not a new place, but a pillar in the local community located near Tennessee State University. It is a black soul food restaurant named Sweats. I went there for lunch with my family and the food tasted just as good as I remember it from childhood. During this break, I also completed a certification for diversity, equity, and inclusion. It was a free course offered by the business school at University of South Florida. Now, normally, I don't mention any other Florida schools on this podcast other than my alma mater, Florida A&M University, but it was an excellent course and they did an outstanding job. Speaking of diversity, equity, and inclusion, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that these past couple of months have been quite emotional. This month marked one year since the death of George Floyd, following the pivotal guilty verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial at the end of April. As a community and a nation, we are still working through so much trauma and injustice. May 
was also Mental Health Awareness Month. So I hope that you are doing what you need to do to take care of yourself. America still has so much work to do on our journey towards racial equality. So please continue to pray for your leaders, your community, your city, your state, and the nation. May 31st through June 1st commemorates 100 years since the Tulsa Race Massacre, where hundreds of black lives and businesses were murdered and destroyed by a government-sanctioned white mob in the Greenwood District, also known as Black Wall Street. If you don't know anything about the Tulsa Massacre, I strongly encourage you to Google it. There are so many articles, podcasts, documentaries, and special broadcasts that have been released to share this story. There is also a show called Watchmen, starring Emmy Award-winning actress and queen Regina King that shares a unique perspective on this story. Also, on June 19th, we will celebrate Juneteenth, which marks the date two years after the Emancipation Proclamation that slaves in Galveston, Texas found out they were free, which is why many African Americans consider Juneteenth our actual Independence Day. If you want to learn more about this holiday, there is a special blackish episode that does a creative and genius job of explaining what Juneteenth means. And of course, you can also research and find many other resources. Despite all that we have endured, we are such a resilient people. There's a gospel song that says, we've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. He's never failed me yet. In that spirit of resiliency, I want to acknowledge some radiant brown girls who are an inspiration to me, who have kept me smiling and laughing this past month. There's a show on HBO Max called A Black Lady Sketch Show, created by Robin Thede and a cast of incredibly gorgeous and talented black women. The second season recently started. The writing is brilliant and the level of creativity and comedy is unmatched. So if you need a laugh, I encourage you to watch this show. Every time I think it can't get any better, it does. They also have cameos from all kinds of legends like Kim Wayans from In Living Color and so many more. Additionally, there is a new book by one of my favorite comedians, Yvonne Orji called Bamboozled by Jesus, How God Tricked Me into the Life of My Dreams. I pre-ordered the audiobook and a hard copy because I just love her work and the light she brings to the earth. It was just released this past week and I can't wait to dive in. Feel free to send me an email at browngirlradiancepodcast at gmail.com and let me know if you are planning to read the book or if you've already completed it. Maybe we can do a book club episode about it in the future. Speaking of being bamboozled by Jesus... I am in a season of transition, so please continue to keep me in your prayers and I will do the same for you. Finally, 
If you haven't had a chance, please feel free to check out the new podcast website that I launched a couple months ago, browngirlradiance.com. Again, that's browngirlradiance.com. It was a labor of love, and I'm so proud of the result. So now that we are all caught up, I can't wait for you to meet my next guest. Her name is Sim, and she is an educator and tech professional who has had extensive experiences living and working abroad throughout her lifetime. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Brown Girl Radiance Nation, I am so excited to introduce you to my next guest. Uh, I would say that this particular guest is a a product of what happens when you attend a virtual podcast conference and things, things go well and you meet really awesome people along the way. And so we connected uh, in the fall of 2020 and all that it was. And I shared the theme for this season, Brown Girls Abroad. And my guest said, that's me. And, and, and when you all <laughs> meet her, you'll see it's most definitely her lane. So I'm really excited just for you to hear about all of her experiences. And with that, I want to welcome Sim to Brown Girl Radiance. Hey, LaJoy. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. Thank you for uh, being here today. Uh, If you wouldn't mind, go ahead and uh, just share a little bit uh, with my, all of my radiant friends. That's what I like to call my listeners. Just share a little bit about your, yourself and your background. Sure. Um, So I was born into a Caribbean family in Brooklyn, New York. Big up, big up. (laughs) Um, Right. (laughs) And Due to that, like I was thankfully exposed to travel and like various cultures from a young age, probably as young as like two, maybe younger, because, you know, you don't have to pay for children under two years old. So we were definitely <laughs> traveling kind of straight out the womb. And, you know, it's real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then New York in and of itself is a melting pot of cultures. So just growing up in that um, also like enhanced my exposure to other cultures throughout my life. And it was just a taste of, you know, what the world has to offer. So getting that opportunity, I've traveled to the Caribbean probably each summer as a young child. Um, That in and of itself, it's instilled like the importance and openness to other cultures and really travel education. Um, And then the travel bug bit me and exploration, uh, acceptance and discovery of what other cultures have to offer, you know, with, were with me ever since, like my preteen years, I went to Africa with my family. Um, thereafter kind of fast forwarding to kind of keep it a little brief. Cause I know we'll get into it later, but as a young adult, you know, studying in uni, I went to Europe as my like first kind of semi solo trip and went to Barbados for probably carnival. And as I got older, um, graduated to Asia and beyond, and I've traveled Asia quite extensively, um, having like lived and worked in South Korea and studied in Japan. So that's kind of everything in a nutshell. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, um, 
So you mentioned you you have been a brown girl abroad from a, a very young age. How many countries have you actually visited? I think it's close to 25 at this point. And and from looking at your bio, it looks like you have you have been to most continents as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> most um minus Antarctica and Of course. <laughs> you know what? If if there was like a little heated hut, I might I might consider it. <laughs> I know, right? I I I'm with you. I would like to go to Antarctica. Antarctica. I just would need a lot of um, accommodation. Yes, I am right there with you. I would definitely need certain accommodations, and it would probably be an overnight trip. <laughs> right there we go. Let's let's plan that. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so so speaking of uh, accommodations, what kind mm-hmm. of adjustments um, have you had to make uh, since you have? decided to embrace a more nomadic lifestyle? I would say it's quite a few, but not so um, intense. Um, Definitely making sure that I had the finances to do it, or at least something that would set me up to allow me to travel. Um, So that's one of the reasons I ended up working in South Korea. Uh, I had a stable job and with that job, thankfully the perks that came with it was, you know, free housing and I only really had to pay for utilities um, and transportation. So that left a lot of room for travel uh, and exploration. And another thing I would say is definitely my diet lifestyle Uh, that I have to adjust depending on which country I go to, which area I go to, just depending on what the area has access to. Um, I think so often, especially living and growing up in America and then going elsewhere, we don't notice that a lot of things we have are very privileged and we have access to so much, um, whereas some places it may just be seasonal and or not at all. Um, like I, I absolutely love berries, but they're expensive as heck in South Korea. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So that's something I had to adjust. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to pay $10 for a pint of blueberries. I would rather go without it (laughs) unless it's like a special treat. Um, and I think at the time too, when I first arrived, I was a pescatarian and I was very much, uh, disciplined within that lifestyle, but I didn't know the language that well, and I didn't really know what kind of fish they had. And because there was that language barrier, uh, I wasn't getting fish. Okay. So I had to change (laughs) my diet (laughs) and I just kind of assimilated to what was available. And majority was either red meat or chicken. And I was like, all right, I'll do poultry. I'll do that. So it was definitely um, diet adjustments and I will say as I've gotten older, uh, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I can't eat the same things I used to eat. <laughs> the diet adjustment is a lot more, uh, I do a lot more research in regards to the diet adjustments. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like <laughs> my body will let me know <laughs> when I was, when I'm not acting right. <laughs> I'll put it that exactly. way. Exactly. Sure. And it was um, the same for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, you mentioned that you um, love blueberries. I do as well. Actually, um, back in April, I went blueberry picking for the first time. Oh. And it was so much fun. And it was also very therapeutic because I went with a group of friends, but then, you know, we like split off um, for a little bit and had our baskets and it was just, it was so beautiful and amazing. And then they also had like, you know, special blueberry items that you could purchase. So I ended up getting this blueberry, it's called blueberry butter, but really it's kind of like blueberry jam (laughs) and, um, so I like to put that on little sandwiches here and there uh, to give it that nice little zest of flavor. Yes, I'm all here for it. And you yes. know, what? I'm glad that you mentioned that because I kind of want to tie that into um, what I previously said, because if they didn't have something that was available or it was just too expensive for my liking, then I, that gave me the availability or the opportunity to discover what was local to that country. So, like, I've tried different fruits um, that I would never see in America. And that, I think the lack of having what I was used to allowed me to be a lot more open to what was locally there. Absolutely. And I, I, one thing I've noticed throughout this season from, from talking to many amazing women like yourself is it seems like, in general, abroad, a lot of times you're eating fresh Oh yeah, you know from the market and yeah. and so I I really love that um, I love that so much and uh, <laughs> trying to embrace it <laughs> as much as I can here but you know this is I'll just say this this is America so <laughs> yep <laughs> I'm, and I'm I completely not, understand <laughs> but um but no I just think it's so amazing and and like you were saying about just as we get older and being mindful of what we put in our bodies and um yeah like so essential. So thank you for sharing that. Um, do you feel like there are certain countries where you as a, a black person or a black woman, where you felt more welcomed, celebrated, or embraced? I would definitely say Ghana and Japan. Um, I'm going to start with Japan. So I did study abroad in Japan and in the time, I was definitely a huge partier. <laughs> so I was very big on soca and reggae scene. And on any place I went to, I would intentionally search for like related events that connected to my Caribbean culture. Um, so at that time, and probably still currently, Japanese love Caribbean culture. So this was in the days of MySpace, actually. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> <laughs> but I would search my space and right. that's how I found events um, that was happening in and throughout um, Osaka specifically, where I, um, where I did study abroad. And they would participate in our dance competitions. They would do their best to replicate our food, although it was not anywhere close. Like, they still <laughs> represented for the culture. Um, they had salons where they catered to our hair. They had like a whole Jamaica day in the park. And I'm like, okay, Japan, I see you. So I, I felt very seen and celebrated in that respect. Uh, in relation to Ghana, it was definitely a deep connection um, for all of us. And I went with my family. I was like a preteen around that time. And I noticed how the connection like impacted my mother. Like there was a moment where we were eating with 
uh, some of the locals and she was telling them like, this reminds me of food that I ate when I was growing up. And I'm like, yo, that's real. <laughs> Cause I don't have that um, experience, but just knowing that um, she did. And it's such a connection with, you know, Africa and the Caribbean. Uh, it really meant a lot. And everyone that we came in contact with in Ghana made us feel so welcomed. So definitely Ghana. And even now, like they have, you know, returned to the whole Ghana uh, celebration, I believe. Yes, yes. No, I, I, um, I, I remember in 2019, kind of when that was like, um, when that return to Ghana, like blew up and mm-hmm. had all the people on my newsfeed, yep. <laughs> like they were having an amazing time. Then 2020 happened. So yeah, I would definitely love to, um, to, to go to Ghana and even, you know, to do something like AfricanAncestry.com and really find out specifically um, where my bloodline is from. I know that, you know, that's going to be a powerful experience, just like what, like what your mom shared um, as well. So yeah. looking forward to that and come through Japan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all about this Caribbean life. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I would not recommend, you know, the rice and peas, but still <laughs> they could DJ. They know how to party. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. And also, um, I, I remember reading that you went to Caravana. Am I saying that uh, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so do you, do you remember anything about that experience? Cause that's somewhere else I'm, I'm trying to get to. Um, if you know anything about Trinidad Carnival, imagine that, but Canadian style, if that makes sense. Uh, okay. but it's not just people in, or most people know, uh, uh, Carnaval in Brazil. So right. it's another rendition of that. Um, it's just a lot of Caribbean cultures come together. Every uh, group has their own costume and sometimes representing a country and sometimes they're just coming all together uh, representing their specific band. Um, yeah, we went to Caravana quite often as well uh, as a child. We just always go to Toronto each summer for, it's usually in August for Caravana. And you dance in the streets and or on the sidelines with the people with the costumes. And there's usually events, but, you know, back then it was more of a familial thing. So you kept it, you know, PG. <laughs> <It's derated. laughs> That's amazing. One of, one of uh, my uh, guests who was on earlier in the season is, Canadian. Um, and mm-hmm. so she talked a little bit about Carabana and really like sold me on it, but I love Toronto anyway. So it's not that I really <laughs> needed much selling, uh, but no, that's, that's so dope. I would also highly recommend definitely go. You would have okay. a blast. I, I, it's, it's on the list. <laughs> yeah. I sure. haven't gone as an adult yet again, but I would still recommend it. Fair. Fair, fair. So um, actually, this next question might be somewhat related to your your prior answer, but how were you um, able to find and build community while traveling abroad? Very good question. Um, I had to learn to be very intentional. 
naturally, I am a very social person, especially while traveling. So I'll just talk to anybody. Uh, as far as different platforms that helped me build community, I was huge into couch surfing. So whenever I'd be traveling to a new place, uh, I would use couch surfing as a way to meet the locals and do what the locals do, even if you know they weren't hosting me, because that's how the site works or an option of how you can use the site. You can have some a, a local host you and you can stay with them and they can show you around their neighborhood and or the sites or whichever you want to do. But I would usually use it to just meet them and see what they do and uh, have them show me things that I wouldn't usually see if I were with a tourist group. That and sometimes Facebook groups and sometimes meetup groups and believe it or not, sometimes dating apps. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So can you, I'm sorry, can you tell me a little bit more about couch surfing? Cause that's something that that, uh, you know, I've heard the terminology, but not the actual, like, platform. So can you just share a little bit more about how that works? Yeah, happily. So I gravitated towards couchsurfing because it was less about um, monetary exchange and more about uh, a cultural experience exchange. And I have stories for days. So if <laughs> I could meet <laughs> like-minded folk, um, on that platform that shared that same value, then that was what I was about. And they have literally people from all over the world on that platform. And you just, you can either like broadcast which area you're going to be in. And if people are looking to show people around and are host, they can uh, pick up your broadcast and say, hey, um, I'll be available during these dates when you'll be here. Let's meet up uh, at a cafe or whichever. Or you can directly message people that are in that city and either ask to be hosted or just to meet up to show you around and hang out. So that's what I used it for in literally every place I've been to. <laughs> Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. I've, I have not heard of that uh, resource before, so thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And uh, what would you say has been your most rewarding experience while traveling abroad, and also what has been your most challenging experience? Hmm, okay, rewarding. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> but one that really stands out is... When I was in India, I had intentionally sought out to volunteer at a local school. And this school in particular was in uh, Bodhgaya, in um, kind of like northeast region of India. And that part of India is known to be um, really impoverished. Uh, so I really wanted to give back and the person that hosted me, it was like a house full of siblings that were all teachers at this school, <laughs> which was so dope. Um, cause at that time I was also, uh, transitioning from teaching abroad. So it was just like, okay, we have that teacher connection. We get each other. And I had volunteered to, uh, teach at their school in the midst of that, I got so ill. And they were so 
helpful and taking care of me. And I was like, oh, I feel so bad. I can't teach. But I made sure that once I got better, I at least stayed an extra day to go prepare a lesson and teach at the school. And the local teachers were so happy for a break because I get it. (laughs) (laughs) And the, the children were, they loved the experience. Like they, they had, they probably never seen somebody that looked like me, number one, um, outside of, you know, on television. And I was just something completely new and fresh and exciting for them and vice versa. So it was a rewarding experience for the both of us. So that was definitely something that touches my heart. Beautiful. Yeah. And so, and then, and then what would you say has been your most challenging experience? Challenging. So I, I don't even know why, but no, I know why it was love. I decided to travel with my pup uh, to South Korea and Thailand. Yeah. So we are both international. It was definitely challenging. I'll say that. (laughs) <laughs> to travel uh, paperwork-wise and just getting everything together and coming encounter with people that they don't understand, uh, I suppose, uh, the American per- perception of how we view our animals. So that was very challenging uh, and having to convince someone, like, this isn't just my pup. But that was challenging, but we overcame it. And another thing I will say is encountering like quite difficult people uh, that weren't as accepting of other cultures um, Mm -hmm. throughout my travels. But I think I always handled it very well (laughs) because it's like I had that understanding like, okay, this is obviously ignorance. So uh, you will continue to learn and grow and as will I. And this is just a... I took it as a learning moment. I'm not sure how they did, but those were those were challenging when when I had uh, encountered them. Okay, so I, I have to ask, what <laughs> what what your pup's name is and what kind of <laughs> dog it is for you know for for all the the dog lovers out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, she is a Lhasa Apso. Most people don't know it, so Google. <laughs> but I usually tell them basically the cousin of a Shih Tzu, uh, just slightly oh, okay. different, yeah, slightly different uh, body. And her name is Maya. Oh, Maya. Yeah. And I'm sorry, the, the type of, of dog you said again, because people are going to have to Google it. <laughs> yeah, Lhasa Apso. Cool. So it's, cool. it's, so it's a smaller. It's smaller. a smaller breed, yeah. And Lhasa is the capital of Tibet, which is where her breed originates from. Oh, wow. So it was, so it was only right that you, that you brought. brought Hello. Brought. <laughs> it was only right. I would just bring her close to her homeland. There we go. I love that so much. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And what awesome. would you say you, um, what would you say you've learned about yourself during all of your travels? All of my travels? <laughs> I would say I'm pretty open. Uh, I know my friends used to always tell me that, and I'm just like, no, I'm just like you guys. But I'm a lot more accepting than, than I guess, average. <laughs> so I think that allowed me to adjust and assimilate to new places uh, a lot easier. Um, in addition to that, I would say my first time going abroad as an adult 
um, long term. I learned that I was also always moving at a New York pace naturally, right? Because that's all I knew for the majority of my life. Um, but because of that, it made it a lot more difficult to like actually take in what I was experiencing. Because I didn't have to be go, go, go everywhere else because they had different paces. So that allowed me to learn to just slow down and truly take in my experiences. Awesome. And so I, I'll, I'll say this. I, I definitely think that you're open. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Going back to the couch surfing app. Yes. <laughs> I, not going to lie. It sounds like an amazing resource, but <laughs> there would definitely be some apprehension about staying with some people. But all, yep. but I do remember, you know, my in my most recent episode with Asia, her, her talking about how, you know, she and her husband kind of do similar things, right? Just being open to like staying with locals and they do house sitting and of course those types of things and just being open to, to the culture and, and, and experiencing it in a certain way, I guess I should say. I feel like you know, most of the time people, people want to experience another culture, but they also want, or or especially let me speak for Westernized American culture, but they want also a level of comfort with that. So. um, Absolutely. It's not for the light of heart. It's not for everybody. (laughs) Anytime I tell people about my couch serving experiences, they're just like, yeah, I couldn't do it, but I was like, Harris, through you and I was like okay not a problem (laughs) but you know just trust your gut and I can say wholeheartedly that having grown up in New York for the most part I can smell a scam a mile away and if I feel off about anything like it's not happening so it's it's definitely been helpful especially couch surfing (laughs) well let let, let's just say this first of all like you said you grew up a New Yorker (laughs) secondly Listen, this is brown girl radiance. You're a black woman. <laughs> yes. So we... They don't want none of this. That's, that's it. So, so you know, we, we know how to detect. Like, we are we are the for real, like, FBI. You know what I mean? Like, nothing is getting past us, is what yep. I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> so That's real. If I ever so, felt uncomfortable about any situation, I just remove myself. Exactly. And, and, you know, discernment, I'm sure even on the couch surfing app, there's a lot of discernment happening as you're filtering through. So, yeah, so I get it. So I want to take just a quick, quick little pause. We'll we'll come back to um, some of this international conversation. But one topic that I want to make sure to cover with you, because I know that you and I are both passionate about technology and specifically like black women being engaged in that realm and, you know, seeing more like real life sureties, right? So I would just love for you to kind of share a little about your experience um, in the tech world and your, any insights that you want to provide before we go back into our conversations about uh, being a brown girl abroad. Yes. Yes. I am happy to talk about this. Um, I, kind of got my foot in the door with a tech company out in LA that I was um, on contract with. And once that contract ended, I was like, hmm, I can see myself doing this. I hadn't really had any extensive tech training prior, but I was definitely tech savvy. Um, it did come to me a lot more easily and more natural than I would say some of my non-tech savvy friends. <laughs> um, 
so from that, it kind of sparked me to want to pursue uh, the tech realm. And I came across uh, a boot camp program that taught underprivileged and um, underrepresented women front-end development coding skills. And I'm like, all right, this is it. I applied, I got in, I graduated, and I'm all about their values that they share. One, allowing us to change our trajectory in life and like transition into the tech space. And then two, also adding more diversity and inclusion into the tech space, because let's be honest, it's mostly white, it's mostly male. And if you really want to reach the masses with the technologies that you create, then you need a lot more diversity and a lot more uh, input from people from different backgrounds. And that's what we have to offer. And once we have that, whatever product that we create, it will actually be able to reach and benefit majority of folks as opposed to um, what it caters to currently. So that's something that I'm really passionate about uh, continuing to change. Sim, listen, I'm, I'm about to, you, you over there preaching, okay? I'm about to, to give you an offer, okay? <laughs> but seriously, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I, I think that Black women are innovators, even though, you know, a lot of times the media tries to just kind of pigeonhole us into being entertainers, but we truly are innovators in so many different realms. And I think that's why, like, in these past few years, when you see someone like Shuri in Black Panther or Hidden Figures or um, one of my, I guess you could say, real-life uh, uh, tech heroes of today, Bozema St. John, and just, like, all that she's been able to do in her career with Apple and Uber and now, you know, at Netflix and um, just, you know, there, so we, I'll put it this way. We belong in that realm. And the, the great thing I think, or one of the good things I should say, I think that came out of 2020 is of course, now corporations have to have more transparency. Um, so even that I think is opening the door for qualified and let's, face it, overly qualified <laughs> Black women uh, to, to really be able to step into that space more. So my my prayer is over the next five to 10 years, we'll definitely, you know, see the manifestation of, of that shift. Um, so, yeah, but I congrats to you on uh, finishing your boot camp and looking forward to seeing the impact that you're going to continue having in the tech realm as well. Thank you so much. I was also going to mention hitting figures because that's perfect modern day example of how impactful we are. Oh my gosh. Like I, I know I saw that movie at least twice in the theater because it was, it was just, you know, unlike anything we'd ever seen before. And of course it's obviously based on a true story. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So more more hidden figures are on the way put it <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll put it that way right precisely and um, I kind of want to add a little bit more to that um just from experience I had gone to well I and my classmates had gone to some meetup events and we're the only ones in the room 
And that is something that we need to change. And we're working towards changing. Like you want to walk into a room and it's not just an entire bro fest. <laughs> like definitely needs some diversity in there. Amen. <laughs> shake it, shake it, shake it up. Um, and you know what I was I was thinking about too as we were uh, talking about hidden figures and I I feel bad because I can't think of this person's name off the top of my head but I know that um and of course like I said black women are innovators and also inventors there's I know there's a black woman who created call waiting um, some, somebody in Brown Girl Radiance Nation, <laughs> look it up for me. I can't, I can't look it up right now during our conversation, but Shirley <laughs> Jackson, lift it up. There we go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Say her name again. Dr. Shirley Jackson. See, Shirley Jackson. You know, I would like to see a movie about her <laughs> because I'm sure she, you know, probably has other inventions and, and stories to share. So yeah. Yeah. She Love that. Very well acclaimed. I'm just looking at some facts about her now. <laughs> See? Yes. And, See? Uh, yeah. Physics, PhD in theoretical elementary particle physics. All right. That's, that's all I need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? Thank you. And see, yeah. this is this is how we are. You come through. I'm like, listen, I'm trying to I'm trying to host this podcast episode. I can't Google it right now. And you're like, yes. I got you. Because <laughs> we're gonna celebrate our sisters. So celebrating Dr. Shirley Jackson. So yeah, we, I'll definitely um would love to go research more about her and so many others, right? So mm-hmm. like you said, we don't need to be the only faces in the room. Yeah. Uh documentary but, coming soon. Right. Seven. Documentary loading. So so we just we 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 have to just get our proposal together and uh send it off to Netflix, right? Because yeah, yeah, they're looking for right more black content, more creators. So there you go. That's right. The time the time is ripe. <laughs> um so speaking of all these these innovators and inventors, um you know, part of the reason why I even started this podcast is because I truly believe that all Black women are superheroes. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, what do you believe your superpower is and how was it strengthened during your time living abroad? Hmm. I don't want to repeat, but I will say being open, but also being versatile. Um, being able to live my life to the fullest. I think having that mindset and perception of life, very little things get in your way and allow you, or rather stop you from continuing to shine. Like, obviously life will have its difficulties, especially when you're traveling in foreign lands, but... I think having the bigger picture of just truly living my life to the fullest has allowed me to overcome any difficulties that has come my way Um, and continuing to love what I do and wanting to travel and experience more, even in countries that may or may not necessarily treat women the way we would want them to be treated. um, I've heard this from quite a few friends saying that they wouldn't even go to certain countries just because of how the society uh, views women. And I completely respect and understand that. But I do know that 
change can come, as we've noticed. You know, when you when you said your openness and versatility, I'm I'm visual and I'm you know so so this is where my mind went. Like you know how with Superman or Superwoman, there's like that you know the S on the chest. <laughs> For you, I'm seeing like two letters, an O and a V, <laughs> and people mm. being like, "What is that?" And you're like. <laughs> I am open and I am versatile. <laughs> like, I, I love it, you know? <laughs> oh, I love that too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, do, you, do you have any specific advice that you would give to Black women about traveling abroad? Live your best Black life. No. Um, <laughs> yes, that, but, you know, do your research, not overly, but just enough. Be smart, be open, be patient and kind with yourself while you travel because you'll need it. And make friends and be careful. Uh, it's always good to have friends on the ground wherever you are. And that lends well to being open. That's really it. Awesome. No, great, great advice. Um, and then also, what are your top three favorite cities and or nations that you visited and why? Hmm. Granted, I haven't been to all of Africa, but I'm just going to say Africa. Uh, <laughs> I hope to <laughs> hope to explore <laughs> all of it someday. Uh, it was definitely the connection. Uh, and I gained a lot of friends from South Africa when I was living in Korea. So they also kind of encouraged me to one visit again someday and having that bond with them kind of draws me closer to, to connecting with Africa. Uh, I'll say India was my second. That was a really pivotal and transformative time in my life. I was really focusing on my yoga and my meditation. So I did like yoga, meditation teacher training, and I was trekking throughout India for six months. So you can imagine all of the experiences that I've had. It was like seven years had gone by, but it was only six months. It was very transformative. So definitely one of my wow. favorites. Yeah. Um, and the food as well <laughs> and lastly Asia um, I've been to quite a few places in Asia extensively Korea Japan Thailand Malaysia Singapore uh, and that was also kind of transformative as well because it was the first time as an adult just fully independent and living on my own in a complete foreign place. And it's definitely shaped me the most um, initially throughout my travels since that's kind of where it all began as an adult. Excellent. So Africa, <laughs> India, and then, <laughs> and then expand beyond India, Asia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I know India, Southeast Asia. So, so once the borders uh, open up again, where do you plan to visit first? Good question, because 
the travel bug is ready to go. Um, <laughs> I said, hmm. oh, let's see. Definitely someplace warm. So Central or Latin America is where I'm thinking. I definitely want to strengthen my, my Spanish, but I also want to be around folks that are kind of like me as well. So I don't have a specific place in mind, but I'm thinking around the lines of like Panama, Costa Rica, maybe Cuba. We'll see. Nice. And um, actually, I also, uh, I, I meant to ask you when you were talking about your transformative experience in, in India, mm-hmm. around yoga and meditation. Are, are you an actual like yoga instructor or anything like yeah. that? I, I have taught yoga in the past. I'm more so geared towards teaching meditation now. Mm. Yeah different forms of meditation. I have recently done a few uh, retreats of uh, Vipassana meditation. So that's a realm that I found has one helped in so many areas of my life. So that's definitely something I would love to share with others. That and the form of breath work, which is pranayama. So just more so the foundations that are also a part of yoga. With Western appropriation of yoga and meditation, like having learned it in India and having come here, it's very different. And I am more so passionate about teaching the fundamentals uh, as opposed to just getting you tight abs and a tight butt. So you're trying to, you're trying to get you a tight a tight mind and a tight exactly. heart. <laughs> no, that's that's really beautiful. So, and I think something that people need in general, but mm-hmm. specifically after you know 2020 and then even oh. now, we're still living through a a pandemic, but we are living through. So we're thankful for that. But yeah, um, so no, that's that's so amazing and love to to hear more um about that um at some point um so what we're gonna do so i'm 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 done asking all the official official questions but now i have a few uh rapid fire questions uh i like to call this section a few of my favorite things and so basically i'll just I'll say a a phrase and uh, essentially just looking for you to name like uh, what city or nation you think has like the best of, of this particular item. So, so, so the first one, I, I think you've already alluded to it, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask anyway, who uh, or where do you think um, you can find the best food you know what? I did allude to it, but I'm going to say the Caribbean. And here's why. Because <laughs> it has a combination of Indian, African, and all the above cultures combined. So definitely the Caribbean, hands down. I, listen, I, I, I like the way you, you, you <laughs> took a little spin there. And so I was actually just thinking like uh, a couple of years ago, I went to this Jamaican restaurant um, mm-hmm. that, that is local here in Florida. 
and like I'll be honest, you know, I've I've eaten Caribbean food before, but like I wasn't, you know, familiar with certain things and and I just remember like you know, being in line and you know, having like questions and it was very much this like uh, the best way I can describe it is it was very like a communal experience. Like I remember there was somebody be- behind me, like you're going to like the such and such. And then like, even the person who was serving me, like, I was like, okay, so that gravy, I'm not quite, she was like, you're going to like it. And she just like plopped it on my chicken. Now she was right. It was good, but still it was just very much this, <laughs> this, like, affir- this confident affirmative. You're going to like this. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I mean, she was right, right? She was right. (laughs) And all, and you know what? I can't even pinpoint a specific country because they all have their own things to offer. Like Trinidad got bus up shot. Guyana has pepper pot. Barbados has flying fish. Grenada has oil down. Like just eat it all. Okay. (laughs) And you already know what Jamaica got. So eat it all and indulge and enjoy For sure. Well, listen, I know many of our cultures, you know, Caribbean, African, et cetera, have that kind of like that rice in there. So I love trying Mm -hmm. the different ways that people make rice amazing. (laughs) And that goes for, you know, Asian cultures as well. Right. Um, So for sure. All right. So next one. Where can you find the best outdoor activities? Anywhere where there's water. And I make it my duty to always go to a beach wherever I go. Okay, that's my, so that's my next one. So while you're there, Uh where can we find the best beach based (laughs) on your travels? (laughs) Ooh, Thailand. Yes, Thailand. Ooh, you know what? Sri Lanka is a very close runner up. Because I haven't, traveled too much in Sri Lanka to truly know, but very close runner up from what I've seen. Okay. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) But Thailand, definitely. And, and where do you think we can find the best accommodations? Mm, Now, look, look, let me insert this (laughs) beyond the couch, beyond the couch. (laughs) I know. I was thinking about okay, Western civilization. Yes. Most people yes. would like. Fine. Yes. <laughs> um, so I say Japan because they have very like depending on what you like, they they'll have like eclectic choices for the very risque and or daring and or just really wanting to try something new, like maybe a uh, anime themed uh, hotel or something like that. And it, I don't know if this exists or not, but I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, and or a capsule hotel, which I stayed in when I was in Japan. So they definitely prioritize their visitors' uh, service and satisfaction. So Japan, hands down, great accommodations. Nice. Yeah, one of, one of my friends actually was slated to, to go there last year to for the Olympics. She, she's not an Olympian, but, you know, to just, like, experience it and take it in. But, yeah, so... Oh trying to reschedule that trip, of course. And I, I want to tag her on this time. So, so thank you. All right, let's see. So the next one, I just have a couple more. Mm -hmm. Where can we find the best cityscape? Singapore. 
if mm. you want a city, it's mostly city there. So there's not much you have to look for. Like you go there and it's mostly city. There is like a man-made beach portion, but city-wise, yeah, definitely Singapore. It's it's nice. It's expensive, Perfect. but it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so save your coins. Save your yes. coins for Singapore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, and here's here's the last one. Where do you think we can find the most beautiful landscape? Hmm. Northern India. It's still very much untouched in the Himachal Pradesh region. I went backpacking all throughout the mountains, part of the um, I believe part of the Himalayas up there. It's beautiful. So nature, that's where it's at. I was going to say, you had me at Himalayans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Don't go in the wintertime, but it's beautiful. <laughs> Listen, I'm a, I'm a Floridian. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you, you don't have to worry about that. You this past winter when I went to visit family in Maryland, you would have thought that you know, you would have thought that I was in in the Arctic. You know what I'm saying? Like just just my mindset. If I have to put on a coat, then I then I feel like it's too cold outside. So yeah, yeah I know all about that. Layers up. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> but uh, well, I I really enjoyed. Uh, hearing about your your travels, Sim, and I wish I wish you know we could <laughs> we could go on, um, but um, just so thankful for for the insight that you shared today, and you know you already know I'm gonna be hitting you up <laughs> for, <laughs> for for more uh, insight as as the world opens up again, and hopefully you know we can start hitting the road again in in 2022. You know? Oh, so. yeah. I am ready to travel again, so I'm here for it. Awesome. Well, let, let's go. It's, 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 it's booked. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're doing this. Are you open to couch surfing? <clears throat> uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is the question of the day. Oh, you didn't know. I had questions. Right. I know. Like, uh, Look, let's let's off. This is let's offline about that because you know my mom is probably listening. <laughs> That's fair. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it okay. out. <laughs> well, thank you again for being a part of Brown Girl Radiance Nation, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Brown Girl Radiance Podcast, please share it with a friend so that we can continue to celebrate and shine together. Brown Girl Radiance Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. If you want to stay connected to Brown Girl Radiance Podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at Brown Girl Radiance Podcast. You can feel free to email me at Brown Girl Radiance Podcast at gmail.com.